Blog Talk Radio. Much love to La Parker 316 from the uh, 
Figure Four Empire. With that good, great song. Uh, we're waiting for Angel to call in. Um, he's a little delayed. So, <clears throat> yeah, um, this is the second shot in six shows of um, tribute to XPW. Um, we're, we're pushing the XPW reunion show, which is May 24th. Um, you know, obviously, it's a DVD taping. Um, you know, it's it hasn't been a secret. Um, my my opinions are feelings and how Big Vision's doing this. You know, they have the feeling if if DVD sales are pretty good for this one, they're going to do a show every quarter um, for DVD release. Um, go with the Ring of Honor business model, but not as many shows. Um, yeah, that's just you know what, what I think they're going to do. Um, just makes sense. So uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that's that. Um, upcoming guests. On Rubber Guard for the XPW week. Uh, on Tuesday, we'll have a. Uh, I know I got heat for this one, but you know what? Fuck it. He pretty much is. XPW historian Jonathan Barber will be on, as well as Steve Rosano. Um, Steve Vo will be making a comeback in May. Um, on May 11th, if I remember right, in Santa Clara, California, uh, right outside San Jose. Um, on the 8th, we'll have Chaos and Supreme, which should be fun. Um, and the 13th, we have Luke Hawks, and just confirmed, we have Chris Kloss. So that should be pretty fun. And caller, welcome to Rubber Garden. Who am I speaking with? Hello, welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. Caller from the 323, can you hear me? Okay, let's try to patch this person in here. Okay, caller from the 323. Who am I speaking with? Okay, let's try it one more time. Oh, for some reason, the blog talk site's going a little slow. Caller from the 323. Who am I speaking with? Okay, I cannot hear the caller on the other end. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang up on you. If you can hear me, call right back.
Madison, Madison. Madison. Fuck you, son of a bitch. You are fuck, you are punk, little gay. the line. How about Angel? God, horrible. Okay. <sighs> Fuck. It's heavy traffic. Is Victoria's Secret having a, a bikini fucking show or something today to clog up my internet here? Oh, God. Okay, this isn't fucking working. I'm becoming angry. I'm ready to throw this fucking phone out the window. Oh, my God. Well, I'm sorry to the listeners, but uh, I'm having issues with my computer. So those people that are listening, you're just going to have to hang on and deal with me. It's going to take a few minutes. I'm going to restart my computer, and hopefully that'll that'll solve the problem. I can't even play songs. You guys are just going to have to deal with my dumb ass talking to you. Um, all right, well, what the hell. Um, go out of your way, rfvideo.com. Um, I watched Face Off Volume 4 today with uh, Steve Carino and Terry Funk. Um, that was fun stuff. Um, that was really fun. Um, can't get any, you know, minds as far as the business are concerned. Um you know, Funk's been around and done it all, you know, living legend, and then some, and then, you know, Carino, you know, has carved, you know, quite a niche for himself, too, so, um, I do like Carino as well, uh, he's really good, um, also, from our video, the Jerry Lynn shoot interview was, uh, was pretty good, I'm just about done, I got about 25 minutes to go on that one, um, that was really good, uh, Jerry's honest, and he just lets loose. He buries a shitload of people, and it's really good. It's funny stuff. Um, 
Also, uh, go out of your way to, uh, from Kayfabe Commentaries, uh, the guest booker series with uh, Raven, um, where he, uh, the the story is that he books WCW in 1990, in 1996, um, or it wasn't WCW, it was ECW in 1996, if the Outsiders, Hall and Nash, signed with ECW instead of WCW. So it was, it was pretty cool, man. Um, it's a, I, I love the concept. Um, the concept of the guest booker series is just fucking great, and Raven is, you know, a lunatic, so you never know what you're going to get with Scotty. So, yeah, that was fun stuff. Um, yeah, you need to go out of your way. Check that out, kfabecommentaries.com. Um, Sean over there puts out a really good product, you know, a lot of different different stuff. The, the U-shoots are fun, too. Um, the guest booker series good, too. Uh, I didn't... I didn't see the deconstructing or reconstructing the Sheik or whatever the heck that was. I, I it, it's, I'm uh, sure the Sheik is, is, you know, he's got all his high spots. He does all this and that and that and this, and he's entertaining. But then you see him when he's not, you know, doing the shit, and it, it's sad. This little old man, that that, you know, he's feeble and he can barely get around. You know, he's obviously got a drug problem. Obviously, has an alcohol problem. I'm not knocking it. I mean, geez, I'll be the last person to knock anything or anybody. But it's it's you know, like the the shoot interview we did with with RF, you know, where they're on the phone with his crack dealer, and that that's just that's fucking sad. You, you, and Eric Sims, you know what? I'm gonna go on the record. Eric Sims, you're a fucking scumbag. You take advantage of the chic. You take advantage. Sure, he makes money on it, but fuck you, you do too. You are a cocksucker. And you know what, Eric Sims? If you would like to come on the air and debate with me, I would gladly, I would love to have you on the show. MySpace.com backslash Rubber Guard Radio. Okay? Or you can hit me up on my personal email. K-I-D-Z-O-M-B-I-E 2000 at AOL.com. Contact me. Contact me. I would love to have you on the show and debate publicly with you. You fucking piece of shit. You you take advantage of that old man. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you fucking, you know, were waving a little baggie in front of him to fucking get what you want. You fucking scumbag. Hey, oh, fuck. It's people like you that, that you know, make the business. Ah, scumbag. But anyway, on to... <laughs> Sorry for the rant, guys. <laughs> Just uh, thinking about Eric Sims and, you know, the way that he's treating the Iron Sheik. You know, sometimes money isn't about everything. Okay. I'm sorry to the listeners that had to hear my bullshit rant. I'm restarting my computer. Uh, hopefully I could uh, I could get this up and running. Um, I'd hate to uh, cancel the show for technical reasons i mean i've done it before but you know i i really hate to do that um but you know we'll see we'll see what happens i'm gonna load up the load up the board here let's get to mozilla firefox i love this thing once i've gotten firefox i've, I've completely stopped using internet explorer but mozilla is a shizzle yeah it's pretty nice Especially, you know, the pop-up guards and all that other good stuff. Oh, wow. So let's see. What else does uh, our video have coming out? Um, shoot interview with Road Warrior Animal. 
which should be fun. Um, this is his, you know, his first big time interview since uh, leaving New York. Um, and also, they have uh, what else they have coming out? They have uh, there's a, okay. Let's see. Jeff Dino, can you hear me? Oh. No, this is Eric Sims. Bullshit. <laughs> hey, I figured what the hell, I'll bury him. I don't like him. So what's going on? You're having some issues over there? Yeah, fucking blog talk site, but I restarted my computer. Hold on just a sec, Jeff. Okay, Angel. Is this you, Angel? Hello. Hello? Yes, welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. How you doing? I am fine. Well, not really. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm having computer issues. I've heard. You've, I've, been on the, I've been on the line for a while listening. <laughs> so you're you listening couldn't hear me. me. <laughs> you're, you're listening to me bury Eric Sims. But that's okay. That's one scumbag that does deserve to get buried. <sighs> All right. So we have a show coming up in March, or excuse me, in May. Um, it's supposed to be a one-shot. I don't think it is. I think it's a test drive. So wh- what are your opinions on, on that show coming up for the XPW reunion show? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like being out of high school and coming back and seeing how everybody is, seeing people you haven't seen in a while. So, you know, it, it's a one-time thing. Let's just, you know, who knows what's going to happen. We never could tell. Um it's gonna be fine, I think. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna enjoy it. Um, me and GQ Money one more time. Uh, so I, we've always had, you know, some fun matches. Uh, I think last time I think I met him, what I dropped him off a 30 foot tower in a in a uh, pool of shit. So, <laughs> so he's got memories of me. So I'll, I don't know what he has up his sleeve, but I'm ready for it. That's like, don't you have him on later? He's he's following you. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm ready for him. It should be fun. Two of the, um, I, I wouldn't even call you guys cruiserweights. I would just say, uh, hmm. Well, excuse you. me, but I'm, I'm slim and trim and, you know, really, really fine. So <laughs> I guess I fall in that category. Well, there you go. I don't know about him. I, I saw his little ab, ab thing that he does on the commercials, you know? Mm-hmm. So supposedly he's all ready to go and whatever. We'll see about that. Let's see how good those abs are when I'm stomping a mud hole in them. <laughs> Double stomp off the top. Learned that from Super Dragon. <laughs> so how'd you break in? The business? Mm-hmm. What school did you go to? I went to a school called Slammers out in uh, Sun Valley. Uh, well, I would Vern say, I, yeah, Vern, you know Vern Lang, yeah, Vern oh, Lang school. Who did uh, whoever, whomever picked up a PWI in the late '80s and early '90s? Who the fuck didn't know a Vern? I mean, he was all over that. You know, I mean, he uh, and he was all over that stuff. He always saw <laughs> Slammers U, Slammers U, by our. Buy our uh, videotapes. You know, come to our school. Wow, I didn't know you went to you went to Slammers. Yeah, me and uh, uh, who else? Would, most some most of the alumni of XPW were Slammers people. You know, um, 
Were you we in were the same class as me? Uh, huh? Were you in the same class as Webb? Uh, no, Webb was before me. Um, Fantastico was in the same class as me. Uh, El Mongo from um, WSX was also uh, part of that class. Um, we're actually the last class after after we left. Farmers closed down, closed shop. But um, what happened? Yeah, I was. To Vern? I was. What was that? What happened to Vern? Did he just disappear? Uh, no, he's he's. I know he does music. Um, uh, he has a MySpace there, and we want to check it out. I know it's Vern Langdon. I think I don't remember. Just you know, that's his. He does his music thing. I know he plays the organs and stuff. Sells CDs. So. As far as wrestling, I don't think you see anything with wrestling anymore. But I was trained by, uh, you know, even though Vern was there, my main trainer was uh, Carlos Torres, who's also was known as Carlito Montana in XPW. Um, you know, he he's the one that trained me, and, you know, three I mentioned. Uh, he also trained, he was also a trainer of uh, the Messiah. Messiah was before us, one of the class before us. And... When Slammer shut down, he got, you know, he had got Messiah in there before. Then when Slammer shut down, we had no place to go. So he told, you know, yes, I guess Kevin Kleinrock, if, you know, some of his students come down and work out here at the at the asylum. And he's, I guess they agreed. And one day when I was working out, Rob Black saw me and, you know, and pretty much said the word, I'm going to make it cracks, bitch. And ever since then, I was, <laughs> I, I was a part of XPW. It's cool. Yeah, it it seems like the the majority of the the California based guys that were in XPW, um, hell all the way through, came from Vern. And it, you know, I think after this reunion show, you need to do a, a Slammers reunion. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Oh, maybe I don't know. I don't think so. Though. I think Vern's done with wrestling. Well, I think he'd come out for one shot, but. I mean that that it did pay his bills for years. So <clears throat> okay, so you were working out and and Rob Black found you, quote unquote. Found he was you. walking. Yeah, well, we were, back in the really? days, like you, that, that office was small. That office was small, and where the ring was, um, you know, right next to it. That's where they had all their um, their um, videos that they used to sell. And then I think another office in the back was an uh, editing bay. And for some reason, he was going either in the editing bay or, or somewhere. I can't remember where he, exactly he was going. And he had seen me before, but he really didn't take notice. But then he, he looks at me because I was working out. I think it was fantastic, though. And he's walking by. He's like, he's like, hey, what's your name? And I told him. And then he's like, hey, can you work? And I said, yeah, I can work. I mean, if I could wrestle. And uh, he says, okay. So I'm going to make you cracks, bitch. And nothing was said about it, and, you know, we got a week later, they said, oh, we got a gimmick for you, and here it is, and would you want to do it? And I was like, sure, of course, I don't care. And ever since then, I've, you know, been angel. Tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Um, I, what I remember what I remember most are, are the sick bumps, and I, I don't know how the fuck you're walking today. I really don't know. Um, just the, the the punishment you would take, and I, and I'm not just talking about the death deathmatch stuff with Supreme and and the other guys. I'm just saying, 
dude, you're what? A buck forty? A buck fifty? And the, the the beatings that you would take was it just amazes me how you can get up and be that physically tough and then walk around in, in pink shorts and pink shirt. <laughs> Why not, you know? <laughs> What's wrong with that? You know, some sort of, to, you know. Hey brother, I'm out there. Hey, I'm walk walk in the streets of West Hollywood you have to be that tough sometimes. <laughs> you know? Hey, I hear you. You're you're preaching to the choir, homie. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you got to fight for a guy, you got to really fight for him sometimes, you know. And these, you know, some of these drag queens, you know, are pretty tough, you know. So I've, I've learned it to be that way, you know. And, you know, as far as toughness goes, I don't know. I had a different mentality there. So <laughs> sometimes I didn't know what I was doing. I'd go up there and be like, oh, this would be fun. Let me see if I can jump off this or have somebody throw me off this. I don't think I have that mentality anymore, you know. I'll find out, I guess, uh, on May 24th when XPW comes back, but ever since XPW has been gone, I haven't really done any crazy things like that, you know, anymore. Oh, you've you've been saving yourself. Not technically saving myself. I just learned that, uh, you know, I can get a good enough um, pop from the crowd by, you know, kissing somebody as I would jumping off a, you know, a tower or something. So (laughs) I think, you know, I think I have a longer career if you know I, I kiss people and 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 do my gimmick and you know than getting thrown or power bombed off balconies and the exploding rings and barbed wire tables. Oh, man, so when when you first came in, who who were you working with uh, right off the bat? Who who did they put you in there with? I was actually just going to come into the valet. Uh, I was. I don't, they, I don't think they had anything really wrestling for me. Um, so I came in with Crack, and we were doing a program with uh, with Pogo. And um, this was, I think, right around when they were doing that Metal Fest thing. I mean, XPW had been like not seen for like eight months. You know, this is right after uh, the Go Funky stuff. They had no, you know, they had no place to wrestle. And then all of a sudden, Metal Fest came in, and they did a show there. So I I was debuted that show with crack you know well I, you know the the thing was Pogo had kidnapped me and I guess that show crack rescued me and I was with him ever since and we did a couple things you know at the high school I don't think it was until I actually was when we did our first Olympic show that I actually got to step in the ring and wrestle wrestle so that was my actually first time I wrestled you know for XPW other than that I was just a valet. Hmm. What was your feeling walking into the Olympic? Considering all the history, well, yeah. you know. Yeah, the, the, it was amazing. I've you know I've read about it, and you know I knew I was too young to see any of the old footage of it, but you know it was you know wow, this is the Grand Olympic Auditorium. It was just crazy enough to think that you know this is pretty big, you know. For well, my sense of mind was I had never you know I came straight from wrestling school at XPW, so. You know, I had never really done the smaller stuff, so, you know, this was big all the time to me. Like, wow, this is crazy, you know. But I don't know. It was, it was, that was such a long time ago, and I've been hit so many times in the head. I've lost a lot of many brain cells, and my memories sometimes fade in and out. So, I, you know, I, I know it was a great experience for me. I just can't remember exactly how it was. I know they had put us to work to get the stuff ready, you know. Oh, yeah, of 
course. Get the show going. And for some reason, every show we ever did was always two two hours late, you know? We never started on time. That's indie wrestling for you. Yeah. (laughs) I know of one company that always starts on time. Who would that be? One. That would be SoCal Pro Wrestling in San Diego. They are always on time. Well, there's just one one promotion of all of them that, that start on time. That's amazing. You know, well, you people know, should just say, so people, people should start writing in their flyers. We might start at 7. We might start at 8, you know. Yeah, Time yeah, starts to change. Give a window between 7, 7 and 8.30. Yeah. Doors at 6, first bell, 7 to 8.30. We hope. Why not be honest? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I, I, wish, I wish more promoters were honest, but that, that's a whole different, whole different uh, animal. Okay, I just got a text from Mr. Dino, um, and it looks like you have worked in his ring before. Um, you worked for Oscar and LLI last month. Yes, I uh, not last. Yeah, it's been about two or three. Uh, it's been about two months, I would say. Well, it is May now, so that would probably be March. Um, what were your What were your uh, feelings for for one working for Oscar and two bumping in that hard ass ring? Till this day, I've not had a hard ass ring other than Slammers. Dude, that's the god honest truth. When I went to XPW, you know, going from Slammers to XPW, and anybody in XPW, I mean, anybody that's been to Slammers can tell you the truth, and they'll say the same thing. Slammers ring was notoriously known for being the stiff, you know, one of the stiffest. Um, so I went, to, you know, from XPW to, to, I mean, I was from Slammers to XPW when I was bouncing, and that ring was like, God, this is so. You know, slammers didn't hurt bad. You know, I guess we got, your body gets used to the bumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I'm able to do all those crazy bumps because I, you know, I learned how to bump in a ring that just had carpet as padding, nothing else, no spring, nothing else, just carpet. Uh, but uh, as far as I remember, Oscar's ring, Oscar, that ring was fine. I don't remember one thing. Oh, it's stiff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've 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 played with the ring before, and it. You know, it's 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 more stiff than I've ever felt. But okay, that's that's a drop. Hello, <laughs> my boys are gonna have fun with that one. But um, yeah. So how was it to work for uh, work for Oscar? Um, as far as was, a lucha company goes, um, LLII. It was it was a fun show. I well, I worked lucha before. I'm afraid that's pretty much all I work now. I really rarely work American shows. I just started one actually. Now I gotta say, I actually just started a new promotion in uh, I started wrestling a new promotion in Miami called Urban Championship Wrestling. Um, so that's probably one of the other only times I've worked American now. But mostly all my other shows are Lucha Boom, or you know if I work for you know once in a while for Rocky for um, FMLL, um, sometimes NTLL, sometimes you know Oscar promotion. Um, so there, I. Pretty much all do lucha now. Um, it was fun. I you know I was I rode up there with Chaos and Jezebel and uh, we had a great you know. Well, he had his own match and I had mine. But um, the first time I went there, I actually went up against Chaos in the tag team match and uh, you know I think the crowd loved it. You know I had fun, so it was it was a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 a good heel. I I, I like. I like chaos. He's he's really really good heel, and he the the way he carries himself, you you can tell that he is a step above you know all the other indie goofs on the card. You know I I don't want to disrespect 
this everybody <laughs> up and down working in Indies, but I'm saying that you you look at him and he's a star. The way he carries himself, you you you're like, hey, that guy has a presence. And I I have no idea why he's not, at, you know, work working for larger companies or, you know, uh, I I wouldn't even push anybody to TNA. That's not fair. I'm trying to get into <laughs> New York. But, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> enough of that guy. So you you work mostly lucha. Um, do you work for Bart at all for AWS? I used to. I haven't done it in a while. Um, I think the last time I was there would maybe be two or three years ago. I would do. Yeah, I would say two or three. This is back, I think, when I was still teaming up with American Wild Child. So that oh, he, he's been gone. He's been retired for a while. So it has to be well yeah. back since I worked for Bart. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Ron. Have you ever yeah. gone on any of his uh, any of his Tijuana excursions? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> is it true yeah. in Las Vegas it goes with stays in Vegas? You know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm gonna keep it that term. The same thing with Tijuana. What happened in Tijuana stays in Tijuana. Of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't get anybody to open up. I'm gonna have to fly down wherever the hell in Southern California Ron's living. I'm gonna have to go and just knock on his door with a video camera and do a shoot interview right there. We, we, the, the well, you know what? I've heard, I've heard, I've heard rumors he may actually be on the XPW show. He may come out of retirement for this one match. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but I've heard rumors. Well, you heard you heard it here first. It's rumored the American War, Wild Child, Mister Fan Cam himself, Ron Rivera, may most likely come out of retirement. Oh wow, that would rule if he did. Um, well, let's talk about the wrestling down there. Um, you you made the trips. You made trips with Ron. Now, Friday nights in the Auditorio in Tijuana. How crazy was that stuff? I've only done one Auditorio show. Um, I cannot remember who the promoter was, uh, but it was crazy. I was teamed up with I was teamed up with two other exoticos. One being uh, uh, Rudy Gard- Rudy Gardenia, and I can't remember who the other one was. Hey, he's um, still around. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he's still. Yeah, it was he me. Pops on Oscar shows from time to time. He was supposed to be at the last one I was there, but he never he never showed, so I don't know what happened. But um, yeah, it was me, him, and someone else I couldn't even recall. Um, actually, let me let me let me rephrase the question I said earlier. Slammers isn't the hardest ring I ever bumped in. That ring was the hardest ring I ever bumped. In. I think it was like a boxing ring or something because I, I think I took one bump and. I was sore for a couple of days, so you know that was a pretty hard ring that I did that in that night. But it was a fun, it was a fun show. You know that place was packed out. Uh, you know I finally got to wrestle in Tijuana. Uh, the only other place I wrestled in Mexico is actually Monterey for a company called a. Uh, um, uh, no NGX, Another Generation Extreme. Oh, NGX, yeah, that's the hardcore promotion. They're good. Yeah, that, I, I, like I them. wrestled there once. Me, it was me and Supreme against Holly and Damien. Mm. I still got a couple scars on my face to remind me every time. Every time yeah, I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, so that's what happened. You know, that, I remember that day in, in the Monterey. Yeah, that 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 promotion was crazy. Where they had the uh, the barbed wire on the ropes on two sides. That was good stuff with uh, uh, Lighter and Crazy Boy before they went to AAA. Oh, dude, that stuff was just insane. 
insane. I think uh, I think Chaos and Supreme are still the tag team champions for that promotion because I know they still have the belts there. They still carry the belts around sometimes. Oh, hey, that's so. cool. At least they got the belts with them. Yeah. They get the last word on that. So, so um, you work lo- lo- uh, <clears throat> local lucha shows. Are you working for Chaos's company at all? Where he's putting Which on those, uh, the he's putting on. I forget the name of the company, but he's putting on smaller lucha shows in um, conjunction with his school. Well, I I work for the school, but we haven't done any shows at all yet. Unless, oh, okay. Okay. You know, yeah, he's we part of the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I don't think he's. We were talking about doing shows, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. Okay. Uh, you know, he was he helped put on. You know, him and Mongo were kind of you know the co-creators of uh, FCW. He saw how Yama he came down on those shows. Those shows, uh, you know, our first show was the Olympic, and you know. They, you know, they put it together, you know, they got the, you know, they hopped the guy, you know, run it. Um, um, and we, when he saves into it at the Olympic Auditorium, we're like, oh, this is not going to be good. Cause, you know, XPW at the most maybe drew 1,500 people there at one time. Uh, but <laughs> I guess as we're finding out, Lucha really does sell in L.A. And they almost sold that place out. I think they would have sold the place out, but. For some reason, something happened and they couldn't use all the seats or something. Um, but I remember the second show they had there, that place was pretty much sold out. So, you know, Chaos, is, chaos you know, learned then and there. She's always make fun of me, like, oh, you love your lucha. And I'm like, dude, I've, I've, you know, I never wrestled in lucha before after I left, you know, before I was in XPW. But after I left, you know, Ron Rivera took me under his wing and took me to all the shows and I started wearing the like, Saying, man, this is a different, you know, this is a different culture. This is a different way of wrestling. This is everything, and you know, I took to it, and I loved it. And you know, I kept seeing how much Lucha is fun. And finally, you know, I guess when Chaos found out when he promoted, you know, how promote the FCW shows, he saw that wow, this is really something cool. So, um, you know, he was part of one of the, you know, I've been part of like the FCW. I also have done Lucha Boom. Um, which is another, you know, ever been one of those shows. Those shows are amazing. Yeah, been um, but they really times. don't get the lucha crowd. These people are like Hollywood, and you know, these these are like you know, these Hollywood producers and music producers. And so you get this different crowd that probably you'd never see in line for any indie show, let alone you know, like for a raw show, let alone an indie show. But if, if you haven't seen a lucha show, you gotta check one of those out. Those are amazing. Um, uh, let me cut you off, Angel. We do have a, another caller from the three two three caller. Welcome, Rubber Guard. Who am I speaking with? Caller, whom am I speaking with? Up, oh, they hung up. Oh wow. Okay. So as you were, I'm sorry, sir. <clears throat> so Lucha Bavoom, and you know a lot of local. Um, so. Let, let me let me see. How many days a week are you working? Are you just uh, doing the weekends, or or are, is your schedule you know like seeping into like Fridays and Thursdays? I used to do all those. I used to do Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. Sometimes you know, sometimes twice on Saturdays, twice on Sundays. But 
it's I don't know. It just it dies down, and really, I'm not out there looking for work that often. My body's I'm starting to feel the tolls of what I've done in my career. You know, it's harder sometimes to get out of bed not in the mornings. So I try to take it easy on myself. I always like to do the shows, you know, that are, that, you know, I love, you know, or, and I, I'm gonna have fun at, you know, I'm gonna have fun, fun a lot of shows, but it's just you never, you never can tell when you're gonna hurt yourself, and sometimes it's just not worth it, you know. Back in back back in the XPW days, I wouldn't think twice about jumping off a 40 foot scaffold, you know. And in my head, there was no, you know, there was no consequences to it because I always thought I'm gonna be fine. Now it's like yeah, I step in a ring and right away I'm like, oh, what if I get hurt? What if this happens? What if this happens? So I'm a different mentality now. So it's, you know, I like, I recently, like I said, did that show. Last show I did was this past weekend in Miami, Florida. Um, this, you know, for a company called Urban Championship Wrestling. And they were supposed to have uh, Supreme and Chaos come out with us, but um, some some stuff happened, but... You know, he wanted to use a lot of the XPW guys, so you know, we still we still get work out there. Um, it was a fun show, and you know, he wants to kind of have that same style XPW was, where it's a little bit of hardcore. And there's another thing: there's no hardcore. You know, I don't do really death matches anymore, but there's really hardly any hardcore promotions out anymore since XPW left. So exactly. I know a lot of fans well, are coming back. Hope. That's why I want XPW to come back. Um, there, there isn't, there aren't many hardcore companies that actually did it right. Um, there's CZW in the East Coast, but that's just crap. I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't have psychology if they went to a went to a shrink's office. And <clears throat> the thing is, and there's there isn't anything out here on the West Coast for hardcore at all. Nope, N- nothing. Not not down no. south. <laughs> not up north here. There's nothing here. I mean, we had we had Supreme Pro Wrestling up in Sacramento that went the hardcore way for a couple of years, and now they're you know they're turned around back onto the wrestling part, but there there just isn't anything, you know, and and it that's why I'm hoping that XPW it 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 takes off again, but not full fledged. I like the the every, every three months let's go in have a show, you know, record it, sell it on DVD, and we'll come back three months later. I like that business model, the ROH business model. It'll work because people are hungry. I, I mean, look at the numbers for Big Vision season one and season two of XPW TV. It's no joke. I mean, they're making money, you know, and there's people that want to see it. Um, now, would you be able to step back and do the hardcore stuff again? Uh, I. So that was when I first, you know, heard XPW's coming back, and some of the fans started writing in, and I, just, you know, you see some of the stuff they want to see. A lot of it was Angel and Supreme, you know, or Angel Supreme or somebody else in a death match, and people would just assume that's all I ever did was just death matches. You know, really, I only had maybe three or four death matches in my career. Um, um, but you know, I when I did do them, I went, I went balls out. You know, I did everything from. You know, like as you saw, you know, crazy bumps to, you know, all the crazy gimmicks in the ring. So I wasn't afraid. You know, I, I had a different mentality back then. You know, I was going out there and, you know, I wanted to make a name for myself. I didn't care what happened to my body to do it. So, you know, I went out there and did it. Um, now it's I haven't done one in since I think. So I think 
SCCW when when Kevin when Kevin Conrock and Big Vision brought SCCW back. I think mean, last time I think it was against me and Ian Law, and that was the last death match I did, and that was four years ago maybe. Um, I don't, but I don't have that you know drive to do the death match anymore. You know, there's other people that are hungry. There's a lot of people you know that I, especially with training with, that love the death match style, and you know. And there's people that have not yet been seen on the way. All the all the deathmatch stuff usually happens on the East Coast, you know. So if you live out there, it's easier to get one of those shows. There's a lot of crazier guys that, that does, do crazier things than I do. That's another thing I've seen. You know, when I first did it, you know, there wasn't many people jumping off higher stuff or getting power bombed off things or power slammed off stuff. Nowadays, I look at deathmatch stuff and it's crazy. I don't even think I'd want to do it now. They, the the well, stuff in, they come up in, with is scary. Back in your time, it was you on the West Coast, and it was Nick Mondo on the East Coast. And you two were both killing each other, and I was like, okay, one of these guys is either going to be out of the business or dead. Now, you're alive, Mondo's alive, but Mondo's out of the business completely. And it's a shame because uh, Mondo didn't really have to do that stuff. He chose to because he was a nut, and but he could also work which I know for a fact you can work too. Now, did, what if XPW would have given you the opportunity to say, okay, we're going to go with a, maybe a lighter division and we'll, we'll center it around you. Do you think that they would have been able to do a quote-unquote junior heavyweight division? Well, I think okay, they had the, let me see, they had the, uh, they ne- never ever mentioned once bringing a light division because I think that was considered you know, something maybe because Rob didn't like people that were real skinny, you know, you know, bony people. He liked he liked muscular guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So he really didn't want that skinny style in. Um and there was really never ever mention of uh bout for a light division being made for XPW. You know, they had their their world champion, T V champion, European champion, um tag team champion and deathmatch champion, that's all they were cool with. Uh, there was at one point Rob kept saying he was going to put the TV title on me, but when I started doing the death match and I got over pretty big with the crowd, he said, "What's the use of putting a belt on you? You're already over with the crowd." So um, that was the only time that I was, you know, ever mentioned having a belt put on me. Um, I didn't want the death match championship because you know, I didn't really want to <laughs> have to defend it every 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 time it was an XPW show. You know, Supreme was was way better at doing the crazier gimmicks than I did. You know, I, I don't. You, I didn't mind like taking the falls. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd rather be a challenger than the champion. <laughs> there's a lot of guys that you know. For sure, Supreme would tell you. There's a lot of guys that would go up to him and say, you know, these are name guys, and be like, you know what? You don't have to worry about me. I'm never gonna challenge you for that belt. <laughs> and there's a reason why, because you really, really had to work to get that belt. You know, you're gonna come home feeling, you know, either scarred up or, or, you know pretty much in pain in order to get that title. So, you know, a lot of guys didn't want to take it. And, you know, I, I've had fun wrestling Supreme, you know. We did some crazy stuff together. But I think they're all not just memories. You know, if I wrestle Supreme, you know, I might do a hardcore match. I don't know. Maybe I want deep, 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 deep down there's still that deathmatch person in me. But I really don't think it's going to be out for a long time. Mm-hmm. So you're you're known for being hardcore, taking Lord knows what. Now, do you think that that you'll be able to? I'm not going to call it a stigma. I'm not going to call it a stigma, 
I'm going to say, would you be able to, or would you like to try to go out and try to overshadow that deathmatch stuff with, with your actual in-ring work? Um, I, my, my thing's always been, no matter what, what goes on in the match, you know, if there's a show, I'm going to be the complete opposite of everything everybody else saw, you know, if, um, if there's just an all, you know, hardcore show, I'm going to have, you know, probably the best wrestling. If it's the best wrestling show, you know, I might do a little hardcore. Um, you know, I, I can work both. And the one I really, really, really do now is more comedy stuff. You know, and, you know, fans like to have laugh sometimes, you know, have a fun time. So I'm hoping, you know, and let's see what happens with GQ Money, you know, when he steps up. But let's see. I think at one point, Nobody expected us to have good, you know, when was it blown to hell, uh, if I remember correctly. That was the first time ever really meeting. And, you know, fans have told me, dude, I didn't think you guys were going to have a good match. You guys were just like, you're just a, you know, match put together all of a sudden. And, you know, a lot of fans said that was like the sleeper match of the night. So me and GQ sometimes, you know, have talked about it. And I think we could do it one more time, be the next, you know, this show sleeper match again. And go out there and hopefully <laughs> overshadow everything that's going to happen. But it's pretty, it's pretty amazing card they're putting together. So I don't know. It's going to be hard to do it. But let's see what we got. Well, it 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 bothers me when when guys get labeled. Hey, that's a deathmatch worker. Hey, this guy's does this and that. Like, there's a guy out of uh, out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin called Dysfunction, and he can do the death stuff. But he's also a great straight wrestler as far as. He can do a stronger style. He can fly, and it's, it it kind of sucks because he has the stigma of being a deathmatch worker. And it's like you know he just he does the King of the Death every year for IWM itself, and that's pretty much it as far as the hardcore stuff for him. And it it it's not fair. It's it's really not fair because I see guys get labeled. Oh, this guy's you know he's a bleeder. This guy's hardcore. This that, that and this. He couldn't work out of a paper bag and it's it just it bothers me because some you know you don't have to do that stuff and you you can actually you know there's other aspects of the business and people just see that and it's like it's a big brand on your back but i was that's true (laughs) i mean not many people know this but supreme can wrestle you know supreme can wrestle but he likes death matches you know Mm -hmm. so that's why he does them same thing with me, you know, people just assume I did death matches. You know, I didn't you know, I had good matches before in XPW, but people just remember my death match stuff. You know? Maybe because it was the crazy stuff I did, but but other than that, you know, people it took me a while to kinda slowly start, you know, real people realizing that that's not all I did was death matches and you know. And I haven't really been asked to do a death match in God knows how long. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, you know, I've lost that, you know, that that, you know, that that thing that people assume that all I did. Um, hopefully now that XPW is coming back, and you know, I'm sure it's going to get some press. Going to get probably a lot of press. People covering it. So a lot of the fans just assumed that you know when they started writing in what they wanted to see on the show, and everybody kept saying, "Oh, Angel in the Deathmatch with Supreme or whatever," you know. I'm hoping that I can change your mind and be like, wow, he can actually wrestle, you know? So that's all I'm hoping for. 
So and after this, so after this XPW show, if we do have another one, it might not be for a while. You know, let's. You know, I just want to go around. People are saying, you know, they book me. They they know that I can actually go out there and they can see a new style out of me. So in in, in your travels, how often have you come up here, the Bay Area? I've been up there. Um, I would do maybe three. I was supposed to do a show there recently, but I couldn't make it. Oh, this is about a month ago. Um, I don't know. What, I don't remember what the promotion was. Um, was it, but who was your who was your contact? Nikki got me on the show. Oh, Nikki. New York knocked okay, out Nikki. That was yeah. That was Fog City. Um, Nikki was booked for the show, and she ended up working disco fucking machine. Yeah, disco. Disco. I'm, I'm sorry, place. Angel, but I'm sorry. Nothing personal, but it was good to see Disco in the ring. No, I was great. You know, I'm glad Disco took my place. Oh, it was a great match too. It was really, really good. It was. Um, um, I wish I could have seen it. You know, (laughs) but uh, yeah, he said he's gonna. The promoter said he'll bring me out again. He just it was it was last minute, and I couldn't make it. And plus, he said, you know, it's fine because. You know, they didn't have enough time to promote the show, and they'd rather have, you know, my character would get over in San Francisco, you know, just because I play, mm-hmm. the, you know, I'm a gay character, and there's, you know, a lot of gay people there, so he wanted to promote that, you know, and see what what came of it. So he said he might bring me up next time, whenever the next show is. July 5th. Really? Wow. Well, um, same same day as, well, so would that be like 4th of July weekend, then, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, okay. I should know this. He, the, that company does sponsor my show, so I should know this stuff. And I, I do consider Fog City my home, my home promotion, um, because you know I, I do put a little, little extra push behind their product, um, not because of friends, but because it's something different. And when you step foot in that place, you will know that it's different. Um, <laughs> it's something I've never seen before and it's just an amazing product but then I'm going to go back to Nikki and the match with Disco and it was fun stuff um, I've, I saw Nikki the month before with Sumi Sakai and it's pretty hard to have a bad match with Sumi so I didn't pay attention to that one then I saw her the next month against Disco and, and I was like okay this chick does better with the boys than the girls and <laughs> I think it's because she likes to get hit hard but I would I would like to see you and Nikki, you know, do your it's thing. It has it has happened before. I've worked with Nikki many a times. What company? So oh, let me see. Rev Pro, Rev X. Um, last time wrestler was for this promotion about two months ago. Um, it was in El Monte. I forgot the name of the promotion, but it was me and. Who was Lucha guy? I don't remember. I think it might have been Luciante versus uh, Nikki and Sombra Infernal. Um, and me and her went out there and just beat the hell out of each other. Cause that's what you know. She expects it when I get in there. You know, I'm not gonna hold back. Well, you're either, if you're either a guy or girl, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna beat you. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I get that feeling that she's like, you know, bring it. I mean, I've seen the matches she's had with Cholo, and that guy has just beat the living fuck out of her. I mean, just beat on her and she just keeps coming but you know hey more power to you you know she is definitely a knockout she is smoking hot and she just keeps coming back 
So she gets my respect. I'll have to buy her a beer next time she's up here. Just don't tell my <laughs> wife. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> so let's see here. I am going with no format. I have no set questions here. So I am looking, and you have faced off with one of my personal favorites, uh, Vic Grimes. Oh, Vicious Vic. Unfortunately, he's not going to be at the XPW show. Yeah, I guess he got injured, but... Yeah, I got hurt. He's, uh, last show, last time I wrestled him was at an FCW show. I think it was at the... Um, who was it at? The Great Western Forum. That's the last time I think I wrestled him. Forum? And it was me and I think Aaron Aguilera versus him and Osawa. And they did a move where they picked me up both in gorilla in a gorilla press slam, and they held my neck and threw my legs on it, pretty much gave me a choke slam, but crazy choke slam, and I got knocked out. And Vic Grimes, now thank you, I remember this at all, but Vic Grimes, uh, from what I was told, went to the top rope. Have you ever seen that movie? He does where he he's standing backwards, he flip and like does a like a spin in midair and like lands like mm-hmm. almost like in a swanton move. Well, yep. I think I'm the only person that actually took that that night. I don't unfortunate reasons because I was knocked out. But I'm told I was, he completely landed on me. Like I was, you couldn't see me because he was underneath me. <laughs> um, I mean, TJ's a big boy, but fuck. <laughs> yeah, he said yeah. the minute he did it, the minute he did it, and when he turned to do the twist, and he didn't see me moving, he knew something was wrong. <laughs> and I don't remember any of it, because I did wait when I did regain con- Like, I blacked out. I wasn't knocked out, because, you know, I guess I was still moving and everything, but I blacked out, and when I came back to, I was somehow in the corner waiting for a tag. <laughs> so I get to the back, I'm thinking everything's fine, because I wasn't in pain. I was, you know, nothing hurt. I went to the back, and... Everybody like freaking out, like, "Oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, why?" And they told me what happened. I've yet to see this footage. Some I know it exists because they were taping, but I've yet to see it. But you know, they were telling me what had happened. They said that I completely disappeared underneath Vic Grimes. You know, so <laughs> you know that was I, that was a crazy, crazy, crazy probably move that he did. And thank God I remember it. Because you have a 400-plus-pound wrestler landing on you from the top rope that adds a couple of twists at the end, you know, at the end. I'm sure if I was there, I would still have nightmares about it, you know, if I still remember what, what it happened. It's crazy, because he never hits it. He, he never, never hits, hits it, it, you know? And <laughs> I think I'm the only person now that's ever taken it. I have got to, I've, I've seen, I've been there with Vic since the beginning, when he first broke in in 97 up here, and... I've noticed that he tends to work better with the smaller guys. Um, I think he can throw them around, but for some odd reason, he pushes himself to keep up with the littler guys. You know, Vic made his name, you know, with Crash up here in Northern California, and, you know, Crash is no, you know, big guy. He was very small. But that, it seemed to have worked, and... When I when I heard that Vic was hurt and he wasn't going to make this shot, I was like, "Fuck!" There goes Vic Angel. No, it's happened though. So, and we've had some great matches and on FCW. Um, if they ever get put out, you can see we actually we, we fused for like three or four shows. You know, we always when it was 
some good matches I had with Vic. So, I mean, we've had it. With, the footage is out there. Just they've never actually um, publicly came out with it. You know. Was it? It was it pro shot. They actually had cameras set up and everything. And oh, SW Ron Rivera with his little fan cam out there. Or no, no, this this company was they spent a good hundred grand a show promoting from promoting and everything probably, you know, to cameras and they these. They could compete probably with TNA as far as production went with like an amazing set. When you walk out, you know, under that set, it was nothing compared to what XPW ever did. These people had, you know, so-called fire, you know, XPW had fireworks and, you know, they had the the big, um, you know, screens that had our stuff going on and, you know, it was a humongous stage. So they, they went, you know, they went all out with it and they had, you know, they had professional camera people there, you know, and everything going. So, um, like I said, that footage is out there. You know, they, I know they have DVDs. I just never seen them in stores. That's CW. I have yet to come across it. Come across to any of that footage. I've been trying to get my hands on it, but because um, you know, I heard about the first couple shows at the Olympic, and and I was like, okay, I gotta see this stuff. Because um, I'm a mark for indie lucha. I love indie lucha. Just because you never know what the hell you're going to see, you never know what you're going to get, and that's part of the part of the mystique for me as far as uh, Indy Lucha is concerned. Um, just because you really don't know what the guys are going to do, but um, I'm going to have to let you go. Um, okay. I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you the office. How can anybody in hell, the hell with Southern California, anybody would like to book you? How can they go about contacting? Um. Uh, I have a MySpace, Angel XPW. That's the MySpace uh, uh, URL name. Um, they can just contact me through that one. Uh, the same one you contacted me to for the interview. Yes, sir. It's MySpace.com slash Angel XPW. MySpace is my friend. <laughs> the future of friendship. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thank, you for, uh, thank you for coming on. Okay. Hopefully you got GQ have, next or what? I think yeah. it is. He's from the A one eight, so I'm I'm assuming that's GQ. Um have a very safe show. Go out there and work a safe match. You don't have to kill yourself. Wait for the second yeah. XBW reunion show. <laughs> if we have one. Let's uh, let's see. Let's, everybody wants to cross their fingers, everybody wants the show to come back, crossing their fingers, you know. So hey, SoCal's so hungry for that hardcore shit, man. They're hungry for it. You know, they're they're. I mean, hell, there's even a buzz up here in Northern California. I mean, I got guys going down. You know, and it's like, dude, I can't make it. You know, I, I'm gonna be in Vegas, so I can't. But that. Uh, well, hopefully you guys you guys draw well, good DVD sales, and you come back and do it again. Um, thank you for your time, Angel. It was definitely my pleasure. Thanks again. Have a All right, brother. Yeah. Great evening. All right, How GQ is going to get... Okay, is this GQ money? Oh, my God. I'm glad that you just did me that favor of getting that fruit salad, salad-tossing, filthy, faggy fairy off of the phone so you can now spend the next hour or so being entertained by the world's greatest hype man and world's most hated announcer, the soon-to-be Pulitzer Prize award-winning author and agent to the stars, the pop superstar crossover mainstream media sensation... G Q money. Okay. 
This is now the GQ Money Show. I'm going to step back, smoke a bowl, and listen. Oh, oh, I was quiet. I would love to join you for that. Where we got it? Do we got it? Can we can we send that through the phone lines through through the internet? Come on, can we can we pass through pictures? I don't know. Well, that that that's got to be next. I mean, you're, you have virtual everything. You should have virtual pot smoking too. Very true. Very there true. is there is no wellness policy for the Rubber Guard Radio. That's the truth. <laughs> All right, brother, you're coming back. Twenty coming back. It, it, it's coming up sooner than I imagined. It's it, it, it's it's rushing up on us right now. You know, it seemed like it was, you know, months ago already that the show was announced, and it seemed like there was months and months to prepare. And now we're looking, we're three weeks out, pretty much. So what what venue are you guys using? In in uh, it's in Reseda, right? No, the show is the show is in Redondo Beach. It's near the water, right. down down near the water at uh, Aviation Park. Uh, I'm not sure what the what the venue's like. It's been it's been described to me very much as a Patriot Hall-ish kind of place. Meaning it, it, it's probably going to have a vibe of a rec center, you know, some bleachers, and it'll be pretty sweet though. Uh, I'm psyched. I, I couldn't be more excited that the band is back together again. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you your your personal feelings, not knowing what you know, but I feel that they're going to do this show. Put out the DVD, let that go for six months, count the money, and book shows every three months for a DVD release. I, I wouldn't say that's a bad observation. I mean, I think it's pretty astute, profound, and, you know, it could be po- a possibility. Uh, there's no guarantee that there'll be more, but I, th- I think that's probably the best assessment of the situation is, you know, Big Vision's going to assess the situation. They'll see what happens. But I, but I would say, I, I think I, I think so, too, in the back of their minds. They're hoping that every once in a while they can rock a sweet XPW show. Well, I think, I mean, Ring of Honor has shown that that formula works. So I mean, I, I, I definitely like the format of waiting the months and, you know, and only doing rare things. It makes every show that's being done special, uh, and, you know, and gives it a little bit more of a big-time feel, so to speak. So, you know, I, I, I think it could be a, a good business plan and philosophy to follow. Well, like like I was telling Angel earlier that um, Southern California is hungry for hardcore. There isn't any. There's nothing. You know, I, I, yeah, it's true. It's true. There's, there's nothing that has that edge, if you want to call it, you know, a hardcore mm-hmm. edge. Mm-hmm. That that means you're running every three months. That gives the guys three months to recover. I love a philosophy like that. I mean, if you're not really making a full living, in the, and when I say that, meaning a six-figure salary, it's really not worth wrestling every week and and you know multiple times a week and putting your body through it. I mean, if you're making the big money, I mean, it's obviously something fun and worthwhile to do. But if you're not. You, you got to realize that, that there's a smarter way to build a career, and just because you're wrestling three times a week in front of 42 people, you know, if you could be wrestling every two months in front of 2,500, I mean, it's kind of, in my mind, a better thing to do. I have to agree, <laughs> and you'll do it 10 years longer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've had the, the luxury of having that kind of style career where, you know, my entire career I generally wrestled once a month, did it in the bigger spotlight style show. Uh, made some decent money doing it, and, and enjoyed myself. And for that reason, you know, after, after being in the business for nine years now, granted I've taken the last few off, but it's been that long since I started, and, you know, my body's pretty healthy. I don't really have the, you know, all the aches and pains and, and groans and all that stuff that everyone always talks about. And I've done some crazy-ass stuff. 
And I think that's one, I, I, I trained in a different training style that once again was, was more so suited for and optimized for a healthy body versus trying to make you a tough wrestler. Uh, and, and I think it suited me well, and I, my body's healthy, and it, it's the, in my mind, it's the way to go. Now, granted, I mean, I, I don't have a WWE contract, so maybe I should be working a little more to try to go for something like that. But at the same time, if they're not knocking down my doors, you know, and I'm just doing it without, you know, for a little extra money, for some fun, and because I like doing it, I'm going to do it and stay healthy and do it in a profile manner and not just worry about getting extra work and getting as much experience as I can. Yeah, screw that. <laughs> I, I have to know, I have to know, during the WSX tapings, did you ever blow up from running around the ring? Oh, man, horribly so. It was like, and then the, the kicker would be like, if I, if I was a little tired and I was trying to catch my breath and like even in a down moment, I would have the uh, execs, uh, you know, Big Vision execs as well as MTV execs in my earpiece yelling, well, you know, don't let them see you, but run around and hype up the crowd. So like, <clears throat> excuse me, the stuff you didn't see on TV, as hyper as I was on TV, I was just as hyper off the air, you know, trying to keep the crowd intense, which is kind of gay in one sense that, you know, we were working the crowd like that, but that's the way TV production kind of works. Well, they they weren't wrestling fans, so... No, most, most of them weren't. There was, there was a bunch in there, but, but, no, majority were, you know, definitely off of the old extra casting sites. <laughs> Did they actually pay people to go? Of course. I mean, that's honestly, it's the Hollywood way. I've I've gone and seen many a TV shows out here, gotten paid to just go enjoy myself and go see a taping because I was interested in, you know, in seeing what the topic or show was. So it's the way it is. I mean, I, I would say half the people were paid, half the you know the other half were not. Yeah, maybe a little less. Maybe a third were paid, and the rest were people who actually did want tickets. But you know, I don't think it was as as big. I don't think it, the ratio was as big of a difference as people think, where it was like three-quarters non-wrestling fans, quarter wrestling fans. I mean, it was probably still more wrestling fans than non, but there are a lot of non-wrestling fans there, so, you know, that's what gets seen. So, all right, well, we're going to go back to the beginning. Way back to the beginning. Okay. The beginning. Time machine. Business in, how did you break in in Colorado, of all places? Uh, let's see. I graduated from college at the University of Colorado, and I was hosting a radio, a wrestling radio show there. Uh, I had some, I was flipping through the newspaper one day, and I saw an ad in the paper for some guys who were doing wrestling tryouts and then sending people off to Steve Kern School in Florida. Uh, I met with them, you know, called them up, wanted, you know, wanted to see if they wanted to come on the air, pitch what they were doing. We had them on, we did an angle, things got out of hand. Uh, they ended up swearing on the air. We had this big argument, fight, all this whole chaos nonsense broke out. They swore. I was already on probation with my station because I got in trouble bootlegging a Roots concert. Uh, you know, and it wasn't really bootlegging. I wasn't doing it for any purpose of a legal purpose. It was more so just to have footage, you know, to do news briefs on our show because I had a hip-hop show there too. Uh, but I got in trouble, and I ended up getting kicked off the air because of it. So, you know, a couple of weeks later, those guys were like, you know, why don't you come down? We'll go teach you some stuff. So I went and did that, and then, you know, right away they discussed oh, the possibility of, you know, sending me down to Kern's camp. And then a week after that, uh, they called me up, and they were like, you want to just start something with us? And I was like, of course. So we started up our own Fed and school, and it went unbelievably well. I mean, it blew up. We had so much media exposure. Uh, we were getting, I mean, 
three-page spreads in the Denver Post, and you know, and the WB station was doing multiple stories on us, and the local Aurora station was doing multiple stories on us, and the NBC affiliate did stories on us, and the radio stations were doing interviews. I mean, we even got to the point where uh, myself, my, my my other promoter Dan Magnus, who's my trainer, uh, you know, and two uh, you know, two other of our guys were on a, uh, on PBS doing a political roundtable discussion. You know, because we were nice featured guests from the city. We actually won an award, you know, in Westward, which is, uh, yeah, every, every city's got the equivalent, you know, the entertainment newspaper, but we won their award for one of the best places to go, you know, when shows are in town, and, you know, it just kicked ass, and we had sweet shows, we drew big crowds, and it was a ton of fun and a great way to get my start. Oh, I lost you right there. I lost you. Hello. that better hello hello I'm calling you back Huh, is this on your end or my end? Because I don't hear you. Huh, is this on your end or my end? Because I don't hear you. But you hear me because I hear myself coming through. But you hear me Okay, this is Kid Zombie. Okay, I am back on the air with GQ Money. Can you hear me, sir? Can we patch him in? All right, G, can you hear me? I can hear you. Technical difficulties resolved. We are ready to rock and roll. Something like that. Something like that. It's kind of funny. I called in with my cell again, so it's kind of weird. But, okay, anyway, so how did you get out here? How did I get out here? All right. Enough was enough out there in Colorado. Essentially, the Fed got as big as it was going to get. I was starting to, you know, I was young in my career and hungry to go do more. So it was time for me to go away. So I started putting in the calls to figure out where I was going to go. And California definitely seemed like a fun choice, uh, mainly because I remember flipping through Wow Magazine uh, and seeing the ad, you know, the ad that Rob Black had taken out, which was his one-page letter to Paul Heyman after the heat wave incident, 
and I thought the letter was hysterical, and I thought it was brilliant, and I loved, you know, Rob's, you know, take-no-shit style, and it was something that definitely, you know, attracted me to that company. Now, at the same time, when I was going out there, I also checked out UPW, you know, to go look into some stuff with them, so I set up some meetings, had some meetings with both of them, and in truth, both of the experiences in the meetings kind of sucked, soured my taste for both companies. I mean, UPW is just... Eh, you know, their shows weren't that exciting. It was just very cookie-cutter, and, you know, yeah, they had the connections for getting somewhere, but at the same time, it just didn't seem like that much fun, and I also was looking to get into it on uh, on more of behind-the-scenes and production end, and they wanted me to, like, work a ton, you know, essentially like an internship for, like, 40 hours a week for no pay, and I was like, that ain't going to happen. And with XPW, I went out and to go check out that show that Angel was actually talking about, the Metal Fest show, and, and and Kevin Kleinrock forgot to leave me my comp tickets at the at the window, and I was with some friends who were, you know who were there who really didn't want to go spend thirty five or forty five dollars whatever it was for you know for tickets to a show, so we ended up going home. I never saw that show, but then about two or three months later, my buddy the giant, you know, seven foot stud Scott Barrows, uh, gave me a ring, and he was like, dude, let's just go to XPW again, you know, check it out. So me and him made the drive. Uh, saw New Year's Revolution, at, you know, which was the debut of uh, New Jacket at, in XPW. That show was off the hook. Uh, it was packed. I mean, the crowd was nuts. It was really incredible. And we were like, that's it. We're going to move here and do it. So we set it up. We spoke to Kevin and worked some stuff out. And then myself, you know, the, the Giant uh, and TJ Rush made the trip out here, relocated ourselves, and pretty much been here ever since, you know, I took a little time off, went away, Giant took a little time off, went away, but generally speaking, we've been here ever since. Tremendous. Well, <laughs> there's actually, there's actually other crazy drama stories about that trip, like, when I originally came out for that first meeting, I was driving from Colorado to California, and in Green River, Utah, my, my car broke down, my transmission, you know, tanked on me, I ended up having to get towed like 165 miles to Salt Lake City. Uh, wait days for a new transmission. So at that point, I ended up having to get a plane ticket to go fly myself out to L.A., get a rental car so I can go do my meetings and stuff, finish my meetings, flew back to Salt Lake City. The car still had like two more days because, they, you know, they had to order in the transmission and just, just big-time drama and tons of crazy just adventures on the way to make things happen. <laughs> That's cool. Everybody has a story how they get to where they're going. Yeah, it's funny because actually, when I moved back from Nashville back here to California, and it, you know, like a few years ago, uh, the same thing happened, but in Albuquerque, New Mexico, it was actually the same car, and my transmission went out on me again. Uh, me and Lizzie Valentine were stuck in Albuquerque for a freaking week. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> That's insane. So you 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 moved out here. Yes. And you you chose not to do the thing. With uh, Rick Basson, which I don't blame you. Um, yeah. So then you 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 signed up with uh, with XPW and Rob Black. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do they bring you in? Uh, I always had a uh, well, who was it? I, I think it was really the first show I went to that January show because, like I said, I had met them back in like November, you know, a few months previous when I came out the first time. So at the January show, when they were setting up, you know, about an hour before they let the, open the doors, me and the Giant were just sitting on the bleachers, you know, kicking it, watching everyone set up and going through their matches. And all of a sudden, Lizzie Borden walks up to me, and she's just like, you must be GQ Money. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I am. And, and that was pretty much it. And that's when I knew that that was my new character. Even though I didn't debut for probably about two or three months after that, 
but they knew right then. I mean, I kind of just, I hated the name at first. It was too cliche, but, I mean, it was the look that I, you know, I had. I, every time I went in meeting them, I was always rocking a sweet suit, had my French cuffs going, a little style, a little flair, maybe throw a Kango on there with the French, you know, with the suit. So, I mean, I was, to them, I was GQ money. So there was, there was no other option. That was just like Angel. He, he is and was and will be Crack's bitch and a little fairy fag. And I am GQ Money, the epitome of style with a smile. <laughs> okay, it's obvious, it's, pain, it's painfully obvious that you are a fan of Stanley Kubrick's work. And I, please tell me, what are your feelings on the movie A Clockwork Orange? Obviously a big fan, love it. Uh, in truth, I had never seen it until they had mentioned an idea of doing that character with me. That was actually before I made my debut. So, yeah, they were already calling me GQ Money. But before that happened, they were contemplating putting me in a tag team with, uh, who, who then be, uh, with Youth Suicide from WSX. And we were going to be a tag team called Ultraviolence. Um, we were going to both do the Droogs kind of gimmick. So, you know, at that point I went out and watched the movie, loved it. I thought it was awesome, very cool. Uh, but it didn't work out. I kind of told them I didn't really want to wrestle. I just wanted to manage. So they scrapped that, went back to GQ Money, put me with the Enterprise, and went from there. But, uh, again, we, we, we wanted to freshen up the gimmick a little bit and change it up. So we thought, what better way to do it than to rock a little kidnapping and reprogramming and come back with this badass Clockwork Orange gimmick, the, you know, the other gimmick they wanted to give me back in the day. So there was no better time to do it, and it, it worked out real well. It's been a lot of fun, and... You know, a lot of people notice it, remember it, and it's, you know, it's cool. Yeah, it's just, it's... The movie's great, I mean, (laughs) the movie's, it's got a couple boring spots, but generally speaking, that movie's pretty sweet, so... It's fucking brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. And... (laughs) Kubrick was way ahead of his time. Yeah, Way ahead. And, I mean, that was just some, some, some fun stuff. Um, you see... I'm you know, if he didn't make that file. movie, I never would have been able to do, you know, on XPW TV, breaking into Rob Black's house and attempting to rape his wife. I mean, I mean, if that, if that movie didn't happen, that scene couldn't have happened. I mean, we're a better place and a better world because of it. There you go. So please explain Rack Rixelplex for me, please. Uh, Rixelplex is just a nickname I've had for, for quite a while. Rack is actually my initials, and then the Rixelplex... Uh, stems off of the old Superman villain Mixelplex, uh, or however you want to say it properly. Uh, and it was just my version of that. You know, I'm kind of an annoying, elfin little, you know, little obnoxious little supervillain. So I, I kind of always, you know, had that vibe, took my little R's from my name, and rocked the Rixelplex version. So that's mainly where it stems from. It's just I've always had that high-energy, uh, you know, elfin, obnoxious, annoying vibe. So, you know, the, the name kind of stemmed from that. All right, so you're you're in. They put you with the Enterprise, and yeah. you guys are you know you're doing the thing towards the top of the card. Um, so refresh my memory. I'm getting old, so refresh my memory. Who was in the Enterprise at that time? The the original start was uh, Veronica Kane with Steve Rosano and T.J. Rush. Uh, then they brought me in, and then once I got there, we were trying to woo and pursue Chaos to join the crew, even though he was at that point putting up a fight and deciding to align himself with his Uncle Supreme, 
you know, against the Enterprise and not accept our invitation until we finally duped the world, lit his uncle on fire, torched him up, and brought, you know, chaos into our, our faction. Cool. I remember yeah, funny, I, my, my first debut, my, my, my original, original debut, I was supposed to go in the ring. It was, okay, GQ, go out in there. You know, Chaos and Rosano are going at it in the match. You know, take a chair, hit Chaos, Rosano's going to get the win. Rosano got knocked out in the match. I mean, he was out cold. You know, they send me anyways in the back. And I guess Chaos decided to call an audible himself because as I'm diving in the ring, you know, to go after him, he just freaking counters me and just starts wailing on me. And, like, it was like, all right, it was cool. It was some, it was some great spots, but it was pretty funny because he just did his own thing. And I was like, what a debut. I just come running out and instantly get my ass kicked. As, every, you know, as I'm walking to the back, everyone's just, who the fuck are you? And chanting and yelling. It's a pretty funny debut. I'm, I'm looking at a picture here. It's backstage with you and Chaos, and uh, you're in the Joker getup with the with the, uh, the bandage on your face. Whose yeah. idea was it to uh, to go with the the Joker type look with that? I I, I was wanting to do the Joker. Uh, it was just something I figured why not take it up a little bit. You know I get sick of doing the same thing every time. So I mean I was getting bored of just having the clockwork eye makeup. My character always evolves. I, I I try to be different and stay different and stay fresh. So at that point, I was like, what other better, you know, supervillain than the Joker to, you know, to exemplify me in, in, in that sense and personify who I am and what my personality is all about. I mean, once again, obnoxious, funny, loud, boisterous, you know, definitely more so on the style of a, of a Cesar Romero versus a Jack Nicholson version. You know, I was definitely more of the wiry, you know, ridiculous version versus a dark and deeper you know, more evil and ominous version, but the Joker was it, was, it was a natural progression. If I was going to keep doing face paint, it had to go to the Joker. Okay, so please share, please share a story that involves Pogo the Clown. I, I wrestled Pogo for Supreme Championship Wrestling up, up, up in your neck of the woods. I actually, uh, it was supposed to be Pogo versus Tony Jones uh, on that show, and Tony Jones was a no-show, so they asked me if I would do it. And it was a great time and a great match, and Pogo took care of me. I mean, it's funny. Everyone talks about getting their ass kicked by Pogo in his absolutely brutally stiff and ridiculous clothesline. And it's funny. I always, I always give people, like, one bit of advice, and it's just like, well, do it. If a 450-pound clown's swinging a clothesline at you, just start bumping earlier, and you don't get hit as hard. I mean, it's that simple to avoid getting your head knocked off. Just start bumping earlier, and it's still going to look as vicious. It's going to look incredible. You know, and, and, and that's how you avoid being hurt by Pogo the Clown. But I remember in that match, I was in the corner, and he beeled me out of the corner, and I landed in the other corner. It was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he just threw me so hard and so far. It was nuts. But I really enjoyed that match. It was such a good time. I mean, I remember, you know, jumping off the top rope with some missile drop kicks and him just swatting me away nonstop. And it was just like me trying to fly and hit him and him just swatting me away until he caught me. And it was sick. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, that guy's, guy. he's scary, man. He's just he's a scary, scary guy. Motherfucker. I mean, he, he's a scary guy. I actually edited a highlight video for, you know, for Lizzie Valentine, where it's her and her, you know, her and Pogo's feud. And, yeah, man, he's a scary guy. I mean, he kicked the shit out of her. I mean, you look at those clips, and he beat the ever-loving crap out of her. So, yeah, he, he's nuts. Definitely not someone I'd want to cross, you know, want to cross and be on the bad side of. What a gimmick. And you know he oh, had man. the balls. He had the balls to do John Wayne Gacy. 
That I mean, takes balls. It takes a lot of balls to do it, and it takes a lot of brilliance by Rob Black. I mean, people don't give the guy credit. You know, they'd rather just you know beat him down and you know and rip on him and, and call him names and every bad thing and call him a piece of shit. Rob had good ideas, and Rob was crazy, and 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 pushing the boundaries and pushing the limits is a good thing. Uh, I mean, re- wrestling is about evoking emotion. And, and Rob Black did a good job of doing that. I mean, the original Pogo TV promos, where Pogo goes and approaches the kid in the park, you know, and gives the kid a balloon, and then the promo ends with him walking off, you know, into the sunset with the kid holding hands. I mean, that's some sick, disturbing TV, but that's some good TV. I mean, that was really some good shit. And like you said, Pogo having the balls to pull it off, I mean, it, it, that was badass. I mean, I love that. It, it, it truly, it, it was marvelous, unbelievably remarkable. That's that's one of the hidden gems, you know, in the XPW TV sets, the DVD sets. That's that's the hidden shit. You need to go and and you see, when you see him burying the hand. <laughs> oh, fucking awesome. That's awesome. I mean, and, and you know what though? I I I don't think that the character would have worked anywhere else other than maybe ECW. But other than that, I, I Vince wouldn't have any idea. You'd be like, no, I mean, and, and honestly, you, you you can't do that in a situation with Vince. I mean, that is too controversial. I mean, Vince is on network TV. Vince is, you know, on a, is, is a major player. You can't attract that kind of attention. But an underground, filthy, sleazy, scumbag-ridden XPW is the perfect home for a gimmick like Pogo the Clown. I'm trying to get Joe on the show. Um I, I really want to just grill that guy for two hours, and because I've never really sat down and talked to him, you know. Oh, he'll tell you. I mean, he'll talk tell you a lot of funny stories. Him, but, you know, we've never been able to, you know, sit down and just shoot the shit. But I'll get him one time. I'm, I'm he's still working up here, so I'm gonna get him one time. I'm gonna get him, you know, and hopefully. You know the XPW thing continues because I I would love to see the Pogo the Pogo character live on, um, just because it's just so fun and it's 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 like a um, a guilty pleasure. Yeah, you know it really is. You know because you know he's playing a, a you know a child molesting killer, but it's fun to sit and watch. It's yeah. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to tell my wife about this. I'm not going to let her watch it with me, but I'm going to sit in my room and watch it by myself kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't put on XBW to watch wholesome entertainment. I, I I put it on to see sex, violence, you know, disgusting, horrible, you know, offensive storylines and angles and characters. And, you know, I come to see people get loose. Okay, I'm looking through results here. And there's an XBW name that made the news... He was on Howard Stern. What are you Vinny feeling Masaro. on? Vinny Massaro. That's uh, you know, I, I am a serious subscriber, and I have I didn't hear the show today, and I and I was working on the computer, and I tried logging in on you know on the online version, and it wouldn't accept my password today for whatever reason, so I missed hearing it. I did see the pictures of him and his wife and the other contestants. Uh, I do feel the one who who won shouldn't have, but that's just by looking at the pictures. But at the same time, that's unbelievable that Vinny can get on Howard Stern's show the month of the XPW reunion, cold day in hell, May 24th, Aviation Park. It is absolutely unbelievable and probably just an incredible thrill for Vinny to get to do something like that. That's cool. Well, Vinny's a good guy, <laughs> and he cool. deserves it. Yeah, I mean, it's super cool. 
Too bad he didn't get to win any money, though. Well, that's all right. You guys will draw mo- plenty of money later on this month, and then the make sure that when you sign your contract, you get one percent of DVD sales. But <laughs> as if we asked for that, they would laugh in our face, slap us a couple times, and say, hey, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> Tremendous. All right, <laughs> that's the rest Give of the way, me. isn't it? Speaking of course. Ass. <laughs> All right, I need at least one Dynamite D story. Um, I remember the first time I I, sh- I was doing some you know shoot wrestling style stuff with with D and D. I mean D was just awesome in the ring. I mean technically just absolutely gifted, incredible at everything he did. Had a, had a knack for teaching and breaking things down to you know to show people and explain things. And so we, we were wrestling, and you know I. I had some pretty good amateur credentials behind me, and we were doing some stuff, and it was my first time really doing submission style like that, and I shot in for a double, and he just instantly just freaking hooked me, and just, you know, pretty much, I, I ended up tapping, but if I wouldn't have tapped right there, I, I would have been out. D would have taken me out, and it was probably like 14 seconds. I mean, it was incredibly quick, and I was shocked. I thought I was going to do a lot better, and he whooped my ass legit, but D was awesome. I mean, he just... Oh. What a good guy. I mean, that guy didn't have a bad bone in his body. He was just so nice. Just just such a good guy and such a shame what happened. Uh, but, man, yeah, I don't know what else can be said except just Dynamite D is truly dynamite. No. No matter when he was in the ring, you knew you were going to be entertained. He he was one hell of an entertaining guy. That's the other thing when you look at the old XPW TV I mean, all of his gimmicks that he did. I mean, I like that kind of wrestler. I like the guy who doesn't do the same thing every week. And the fact that he came up with different personalities each week and different spoofs and, and, and different things. I mean, he, he had a great mind for the business. He had a great talent and in-ring ability. And he, he, he truthfully was someone who's super special. I mean, they, they don't make a lot of guys like him. Mm-hmm. Well, they broke the mold. They Definitely. did. They broke the mold. Well, um, what, what are your feelings on, on chaos? Um, I don't think that that Joey's gotten the the love and the respect that he that he deserved. Um, I I saw him at a an indie show in March in San Diego, and uh-huh. he was just exceptional. He was such a he was he was he was being you know he was taken being the baby. In the end, he screwed the the main baby face, and he was just awesome. And yeah. I was so impressed with him. What what are your feelings on chaos? I mean, it, it, Cass is a talented guy also. I mean, me, me it's funny, me and him used to be so, you know, tight. I mean, Chaos and GQ were definitely, as 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 the roster used to make fun of us, they'd call us the ambiguously gay duo. I mean, it, it was just, it was always Chaos and money. I mean, we hung out together. We did everything together. Uh, we ended up having, we've had some heat between us for some years, so we don't really speak anymore. But when it, when it comes to ability, I mean, he's definitely got something. He's got a cool look. He's got a cool vibe. Uh, and, and he does what he does pretty well. I mean, I, I heard what you were saying earlier on the phone. I mean, he, he does come off and have, and, and he does keep and maintain a persona. I mean, that when you go to a show, yeah, you know that, that he's a wrestler. I mean, it's funny. I, we, I don't go to that many shows, you know, when it comes to the indies. So, so even when I do go, just to go sit and watch, I mean, I go, I go sit when everyone's warming up, and you just walk in, and you're just like, man, just none of these people, you know, not none, so many of these people don't carry themselves like a wrestling star. I mean, yeah, you want to be a wrestler, but you want to be a wrestling star. You want to be a superstar. You want to be a WWE superstar. And everyone tells you that they don't. It's kind of full of crap. I mean, that's the reason we all get into wrestling. You know, especially now in this era when there's no other feds to go work for. 
uh, yeah, Cass carries himself with, with 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 a little bit of a with an attitude, and, and it, it's deservingly so. I mean, you got to have an attitude to survive in this business. I mean, it, it's not meant for the frail, the weak, the timid, and shy. I mean, it's meant for you know for big personalities. So I mean, he do, he does that well. He does what he does very well. Mm-hmm. Well, he was he was very kind. Um, when, when I go to a show. I am there to see the show. I don't go in schmodder. Oh, okay. I went kind, and I was thinking it was a different reference. My bad. Well, <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> but I was I was there, and and during the intermission, I I dipped, I ducked my head in and backstage because this was these are my friends that were running the show, and yeah. you know he was there, and I went in, I introduced myself, I said, hey, how you doing? You know, boom, 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 here's my business card, and and all that. Anyway, you know, doing the I'm the radio host tonight, he's begging to have you on my show thing. And he was just so cool. And he's all, thanks for coming out. I was like, dude, thank you. That was awesome. I, I flew 500 well, miles to see you. Can you I- know, I'll say something nice about him. I'll, I'll say this. He, he, he listened and learned incredibly well. I mean, I, I, I would like to think that a lot of the success he's having now with his, with his new style of stuff, I mean, just from, from everything he's doing with starting his school and trying to do, you know, do shows and, you know, and the FCW promotion, I mean, I realistically would say he learned a lot of those, quote, marketing slash promoting skills, you know, through his friendship with me. I mean, I used to sit and teach him how to do little graphics on Photoshop so he could make his own graphics and this and that and... Yeah, you know, he listened, and we, you know, when we originally went to TNA, we mapped out this whole marketing plan of how we were gonna, you know, how we were gonna make something work, despite it not working. We still, I mean, he listened to all these ideas that, you know, that I had come up with, and he had come up, you know, then we brainstormed together, and he he's done a tremendous job of applying what he's been taught, whether it be from me or from others. He definitely is does a good job of of learning and and then going out and doing. Hmm. All right, GQ, would you like to take a caller? Of course, sure. Cool. All righty, caller from the 609. Welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. Who am I speaking with? My name is Greg. How you doing? Hello, what Greg. up, Greg? Hey, GQ. I have a How question you for you. You got it. I, um, you worked with Extreme Associates as well as XPW, correct? Yes, I did. Well, obviously, you were in the office with Rob a lot during the time when he was um, putting money into XPW that he would never again see. Um, <laughs> did he kind of have this idea in his head that one day it was going to be profitable, or do you think Rob just decided he was going to burn money? Here's what it came down to. I, one, I spent a ton of time with Rob. My Actually, my desk was in his office, so I, I spent a day with him every day. Uh, man, Rob originally started it obviously wanted to make money, you know, from back in the days before I was there, from when he originally launched. He 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 was he loved wrestling. He actually had the connect you know, he was gonna work a distribution deal for ECW's DVDs. Heyman ended up screwing him out of the deal, so that's when Rob decided to say, All right, now I'm gonna go screw Heyman, I'm gonna go start my own thing. Uh once it got going and got big and got established and was doing you know, and it started doing what it was doing, Rob felt that even though he was spending money that he couldn't stop. He felt that if, if if he were to end XCW at any point, even though he knew that was, you know, even you know, way early on, he knew that financially it wasn't it wasn't the right move. That even if it wasn't losing money, it would be breaking even or losing a little money or then then you know snowballing into losing more. But Rob just 
he's really a good guy like that. And it was more so the heart that he really didn't have it in him to, to go tell all the guys who, who that was their home, who that was their love, that he had a closed-down shop, and he wouldn't do that. So, you know, realistically, he, he wouldn't let that happen until he had no other choice, you know, for it to end and through the raid and this and that when it all was all over, you know, when it was all over. But Rob really didn't want to let anyone else down. Like, he, he felt that if he were to close up shop because it was losing all that money, that, that he would just be letting everyone else down and they'd be disappointed. And, and I mean, it, it, I'm not trying to go paint this beautiful, you know, flowery rainbow picture of Rob, but at the same time, he had a good heart, and that really is the reason why it kept going, just, you know, despite losing the money, was he didn't want to let people down. When he had the move to Philly, did anyone point out to him that it was kind of absurd to fly oh, so many people out to a show that was going to have 300 people at it? Well, there's there's two philosophies to that because he he I mean once again I mean I I had the glorious opportunity of being involved in pretty much all decisions from you know after the first year I was there. Uh, I, I I was very instrumental in pushing for the original move to Philly for 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 a one-time show, you know the hostel takeover concept. Yeah. Yeah, in doing that one show. And then when we got there, and we did have the successful show, and that first show had 900 people in there, Rob had this idiotic philosophy to go buy the freaking arena so no one else could run there. I mean, that was stupid. Going to Philly wasn't a stupid idea. And in terms of the fly-ins, we flew in a lot of people in the California shows, too. So, I mean, what we did... There may have been a little bit more. It wasn't the fly-ins that killed it, because it, it, those costs really ended up being pretty similar. Like, I mean, guys you know, guys who were driving from California, most of those guys, you know, we, we didn't take a lot of those guys. We took the core units. So, I mean, certain guys who had a lot of talent in XPW didn't actually get the chance to go to Philly because it was, you know, it was deemed and determined that they weren't necessarily worth the fly-in when we can get, you know, another wrestler of a, you know, out there local. That's when we got the Dorings and the Julio De Neros and the Chris Chetties and stuff like that because those guys weren't fly-ins. I mean, so it, generally speaking, I, it wasn't a lot more fly-ins by going to Philly. It may have been a few here and there. But we always had a huge, you know, a huge talent cost of travel. It was, it's just inevitable with the style that XPW had of not really using, a, you know, we didn't use straight local guys. I mean, we didn't, you know, XPW didn't use the typical SoCal indie guys. They used XPW guys, and that was it. So other talent had to come from other sources, whether it be up north or, you know, from other states and areas. So, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have imagined that after doing Philly, like even after having a good successful first show, that attendance would have dropped so horrifically after that. But, I mean, we, we, were, we were screwed and we were the target. And I don't mean that like defensively it was like, oh, we got screwed. Because, I mean, we just, people were out to get us, and, and, and their attack did work. I mean, we lost. <laughs> I can't say anything else. But, you know, all the other feds kind of, you know, buddied up together to make sure that we weren't going to, you know, bully them out of their own backyard, and and we got sent running pretty much. There was a whole controversy around that time um, when Rob had somebody got the impression that Rob was planning on storing porn in the arena. That was, was ridiculous. No, not at all. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, why, why would Rob store like just realistically? Why would Rob store porn there? He has a porno warehouse out here. Like, you know, it made, it made, it's a ridiculous thought. I mean, truthfully, it was, it was an attack that was really instigated and set up by Bob McGee of PWBTS. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and then and other people as well. But, I mean, but really, I mean, he he was out to get us and expose anything he could, and 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 you know, and bring up any speculation, or if he heard something, just start going off on you know on tracks of what things were about, and just falsifying a lot of stuff. I mean, the the biggest thing with the controversy is the whole original license. I mean, it, oh, what a crazy! I mean, that that was some bullshit with Feinstein because. We had permission to use their address as our office. I mean, it was something that he agreed on, and then when all of a sudden, you know, it came down to it, and then said, "No, we didn't do it." It's like you're full of shit, dude. We were, we, like, why would we do something like that? Why would we put someone else's address on a freaking, you know, on a license if they, if we didn't ask permission for that? I mean, we do some crazy shit, but we're not going to do something that stupid. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we we had permission to do it when we got it, and then they backed out, wanted to make us look like asses, and. You know that's why I ended up putting my ad. I remember when Bob McGee linked the picture of you know of the of the uh, of the the bond, the license, whatever it was, the state license. You know, and I remember taking this JPEG and you know where it was linked because we had put it up on our website. That's what it was. So he had put up this big story like issuing how we had falsified the documents. You know, so I put up a picture of my ass. So everyone who went and started looking at the you know who would go click on McGee's story ended up getting a picture of my ass. You know, I forget McGee. Fuck him. <laughs> Okay, um, <laughs> that's weak. I, I, I understand that you guys were out. I, I understand you guys were outsiders going into Philly. I understand that. But you just you that's bad business. You don't do shit like that. I, I don't know where I come from. That's just bad business. I, I mean, it, 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 they had they did what they had to do to survive. You know, everyone who was involved in doing that did what they had to do for whatever the reasons they had to do it. I mean, we we were out to quote do bad business for the rest of them. I mean, we obviously had our shady little style of things. I mean, Rob wanted to go buy the arena for the strict you know reason of not letting other feds run in it. I mean, that's not good business either on his part, especially when he's only going to be there once every six weeks. I mean. It's just idiotic in concept to go spend rent for a thing that you could rent out for a tenth of the freaking price every month. I mean, that was just I ridiculous. Bleeding of money. It was just nuts. I wouldn't have went east. You guys you guys had your thing going on out here. I, I think it was too soon. Um, well, I mean, went. once again, I'll, I'll come back and I'll say, if it was done how it should have been done, which was go do that show, the one show, come back to California, and then go back there three months later. I mean, essentially in the style like we were talking about earlier, that was really what the intent is. Instead of making it a monthly move to Philly, I mean, making it a trip to Philly, and then back to L.A., and then if we went and did one other city, essentially the, the vibe was to go do something once a month still, but then essentially try to spread it out where you were only hitting each city once every three months. I mean, because we were going to go try to do another place. You know, that's when Pittsburgh came into, into it. I, I think Shane Douglas had a lot to do with it. I mean, he was in Rob's ear all the time wanting to do the East Coast thing, and, and Rob loved Shane and what Shane had to say, and pretty much, you know, that last half a year, what Shane wanted to do, Shane got. And, I mean, that was a turning point in the company as well. Cool. Well, I'd, I'd like to thank Greg for calling in. Those were some pretty damn good fucking questions. He stumped me. I was like, okay. Um, at, at that time, I really wasn't following indies. I, I kind of stepped away from the business, and I was kind of you know, upset when, when uh, WCW went out of business and ECW died, and I was just like, ugh. I don't want to deal it, with the. It, it killed it for a lot of people. I mean, it turned people off to wrestling when that happened. It's it's a crying shame. 
Okay. So um, let's talk about um, Mr. Angel you have a date with on the 24th. Um, now, are you going to try to kill this little guy, or are you guys actually well, going to go out and see who's the better athlete? Well, it's funny. You keep talking little guy, like in talking Angel being a buck forty, a buck fifty. My ass, man. That dude's a fat sack of shit, man. That guy's like two hundred and five pounds. Like he's two hundred five pounds of heavy lard ass, man. That's weird. I mean, fucking lucha shows down there, eating, getting paid with tacos and burritos. <laughs> it must be. But I mean, like Angel, obviously, he's not a big, you know, big hulking guy. But but he's no small. I mean, he's still six feet tall. He's still he's. He's two hundred pounds. He's a heavy. He's a heavy boy. I mean, I'm the little guy in that. You know, in that contest, coming in at about one hundred and fifty-five pounds or so. But yeah, no, I'm not out to kill him on this one. I'm out to prove that I am a better wrestler than him. And I, and at the same time, I'm out to prove that that me and Angel are going to go tear it up and have an amazing match. Just because we we both want to prove that that we're wrestlers. I mean, that we're damn good wrestlers. So, you know, especially me, I don't I don't really show my stuff that much. I don't wrestle that much. It's just that, you know, I would prefer to be a manager when it comes to doing stuff, you know, in the scene. And there's really not a lot of guys for me to manage, so I don't do that much stuff. So at this point, I decided, I, I'm 31 years old now, and I figured that when I heard the show was coming back, there was only one thing I wanted to do, and that was Wrestle Angel one last time. I mean, he's beaten me twice. I've beaten him twice. We had to settle the score. GQ versus Angel. One last time. The rubber match. The rubber match. Should be good. Should be should be fun. Um from what I hear, um Angel, you know <laughs> um just be careful not to get kissed. That's all I'm gonna. You know, it's funny. He 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 talks about now that he doesn't want to be a hardcore wrestler, and that 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 he's changed his style. And I think he mentioned that he has a different mentality right now. And and I just think that that different mentality means he's in a weakened mental state. And I am absolutely gonna run circles around him in that ring. I am going to school him. I am going to twist him, stretch him. I, I'm I'm going to do everything I can in that ring to embarrass and humiliate him and prove that I am an absolutely fantastic wrestler that doesn't get the credit that I deserve. Hey, man, why aren't you on fucking Raw managing the great Kali? You know, it, it's funny, because I, I, I've been, for the last three years, I've worked on the WWE video game. I, you know, I, I work with the company THQ hires out to do all the, you know, the cutscenes. So I do the motion capture and all that stuff, and you know when when the OVW guy, or, you know, OVW or Deep South guys come in, you know for the stuff that they do, you know I get to talk to Tommy Dreamer, I get to talk to Pritchard and all that, and it's funny, man. I, I say to them, you know, what do I got to do to get in there as a manager? And they just look at me and go, well, we don't look for managers. I mean, they they, they straight out tell me we're not interested in looking for managers or hiring managers. So it's like, well, that's great, because it, it, they they give it, this is the line that I love. They give me the line. We just don't use managers anymore. And it's like, I, I, when they say that to me, I, you know, I respectfully don't say anything bad, but I want to just look at them and slap them in the face and go, ding, that's the reason why you should use me as a manager, because you don't use managers anymore. That's what makes it different. That's what makes it unique. That's what makes it fresh, fun, and exciting, and all of that stuff. So it's so funny that they get so into this, this uh, block and mold of, uh, of what they think they should be doing, and, and they don't, you know, they're, they're a horse with blinders. They don't take the blinders off to see what else is out there. I mean, it, it, it's funny. It, it goes down to, it, it's like the same thing with wrestling school. I mean, WWE is like a typical wrestling school, thus, and meaning 
Wrestling school isn't there to make someone a better wrestler. It's not the point. Wrestling school is there to weed out people who are weak and can't handle the punishment. It's not to make someone a better wrestler. The better wrestlers come from the people who have the heart of a champion inside of them that have the skills, talent, and desire to make themselves a better wrestler. The wrestling school just hurts and breaks down the body. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not functionally you know, feasible to continuously bump and bump and bump and bump in a ring and think you're not doing damage to your body. I mean, they have a philosophy and a thought process that says, oh, it strengthens the body, the body gets used to it. Well, let's look at why every freaking wrestler that's over 35 years old is addicted to pain pills and doing all this stuff and, you know, and, and dying early because they go through a style that's honestly asinine and stupid. And I, and I transition to this now because I'm actually excited to announce that that myself and my former partner from Colorado, former world chick, uh, kickboxing champion, Dad Magnus, we're actually going to be opening up Slam City Wrestling School out here, and we are going to train in a way unlike any other wrestling school, meaning we're not going to be your diehard indie-style wrestling school. We're not out there to, to, to hurt people, abuse people, improve and show to them how tough it is to be a wrestler and how real it is. We're going to take people who want to be a wrestler, who have the dream, and even if they don't want to do it for a career, they just wanted to do it for fun. They just want to get in the ring and see what it's like, experience what it's like to take a bump. And we're going to, we're going to go through a training style that is unlike what anyone else does, and we're going to safely teach them how to take the, you know, take the bumps, put together the matches, and, and they're going to have a very, you know, it's funny. In three years, we ran Slam City in Colorado. We had one minor injury, and that was like a twisted or sprained ankle. Nothing broken, nothing snapped, nothing torn, nothing. I mean, okay, people had their bumps and bruises, and of course, I mean, it's wrestling. It's, it's physical. But we didn't have the injuries because we, we learned different. I've got to be honest. When I first started learning to bump, I, I, I learned on mats. I didn't learn on a hard-ass ring. You know, I wasn't told to take 50 bumps in a ring because, you know, my trainer was smart enough to say, well, that's not going to make you good. I took 150 bumps on a mat, and then when I took my bump in the ring, I was like, no big deal. My body was accustomed. You can still build, you know, a resistance to impact in your body even by, you know, taking bumps on a crash mat. And when you do stuff like that, you really train your body. Because what happens at a wrestling school, guy gets told to take his first bump. He takes his first bump, boom, he crashes. And wow, that hurt. It was stiff. I wasn't expecting that. And their shoulder's hurting. So then the next time they take a bump, instead of taking a clean bump, they're kind of cheating, you know, in, in, in favor in their shoulders. So they're kind of lifting that up. And now they hit, you know, kind of crooked and awkward because they were trying to, you know, keep themselves from getting hurt. And now they hurt themselves even more. And it becomes an endless cycle, and you don't heal, and, you, and it becomes, a, you know, a problem. So we're going to really try to change this and create what, what I'm going to call the very first mainstream wrestling school in the country. I mean, we're going to be for the mainstream person who doesn't necessarily want to start an indie wrestling career, but just wants to train like a wrestler or wants to know what it's like to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not looking to, to weed people out and, and go, you know, snap people's ankles and, you know, put them in submission moves because they said, oh, it's fake. No, I'm going to show them what it takes to be a wrestler. And we're actually excited that I, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that another time, but we, we, we got a program we're going to do this summer. I think we're going to actually set up a program for kids and do something really remarkable. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I mean, XPW is coming back. I got this going on. Two incredibly excited things. I'm sorry to digress from your original subject, but I had to get that off my chest because it gets that WWE philosophy is they don't do what is right and conducive to success. You know, they intentionally they just do their own thing and they don't realize and think. I mean, ugh, I get real frustrated and passionate about stuff like this because it's just things I wonder. 
I understand that you don't want a wrestling ring to be soft. You don't want it to be soft. But what I would imagine is why wouldn't the WWE do something to keep their right? Like, they have endless amounts of unlimited money. Why can't they build a $50,000 custom ring that's, that's just better for the guys? You know, that, that does take care of their bodies more. It doesn't have to be soft, but it could just be built in a way that's better, you know, in a way that's going to keep their guys healthier and safer and more injury-free. But they don't even consider even that that would be an option. And I think you've got to think outside the box and think of things like that if you want to have long-term success and longevity. I mean, you look, injuries are ridiculous, and they, and, and they happen all the time. And, I mean, yeah, injuries and accidents happen out of nowhere, and you can't plan for it. But at the same time, you can do things to prevent them, you know, or at least cut, you know, Cut the statistics a little bit, and they don't want to do anything. It's the same thing. We don't we, we don't look for managers. We don't hire managers. We just don't use them at this time. It's like, psh, you guys are jackasses. That's why your ratings suck right now. They need them. They need them. They do. Ali can't talk. Mark Henry is fucking useless as far as being on the mic. He needs a manager. Um, there's a lot. I mean, there's they, a lot of guys who do, and they, and they I mean, and they got good guys who could handle it and, and do the job, but. They just don't want to go that route. It's, it's It doesn't make sense. All right, G, I've got to cut you off. We're running it, very man. short on time. Now, it's uh, dxpw.com. You can get all the information there. You can get your tickets, uh, whatnot. The lineups hopefully should be – there should be lineups posted. Um, if anybody would like to bring you in, book you as a manager, how could someone contact you? Uh, a couple of ways. You can hit me on the MySpace at MySpace slash Ryan Katz. You can catch me at my website, realityryan.com. Uh, tons of clips on that site. It actually just has my YouTube you know, channel embedded in the window right there. So there's like 60-something clips you guys can go, you know, go through. Contact me one of those ways. The website has an email address. The MySpace is probably the easiest and best way. And that's how you can get a hold of me. Awesome. Awesome. Very good interview, Gene. Hopefully uh, you and uh, you and them. <clears throat> Angel can tear down the house later on this month. You know, yeah, uh, I got no doubts that we're going to, man. No doubts that we're going to. I've been training my ass off. Uh, Ab Rocket has been taking care of me. I've lost over 25 pounds since January 1st getting ready for this. I've still got three weeks to lose, another five to ten, I would say. I'll be ready to rock. Me and Angel are going to tear it up. GQ Money versus Angel, the rubber match. Cold day in hell. We're rocking Rubber Guard Radio. It's been a great time. I appreciate you having me. Awesome, awesome, good promo, brother, and I'll be uh, getting back to you because I'd like to hear more about this school. It's a pretty cool, man. idea. Right, it's going to be awesome. Really, the, the kids. All right, well, that was XPW superstar GQ Money. Uh, that was a really good interview. Um, thank you for your time, GQ. It was awesome. Um, also, thank you to Greg out there in New Jersey for calling in with those with those really good questions. Uh, RubberGuardRadio.com. Uh, WrestleWarehouse.com, FogCityWrestling.com. We're out. We'll see you next Tuesday. Blog Talk Radio.